Welcome back. Is everybody in a sleepy mode? We'll have to do something like writing to wake you up. Yeah, we have some writers in the group, I know. You may have your own uh, definition of what compassion is. In fact, you probably do. You want to just think about it a moment. Um, yes, and is it? Um, it's just far from your mouth. <laughs> oh, we have to reposition it. Sorry, it was working the other way. Yeah, because it was on the different part of your shirt. Can you hook the two shirts together? Is this better? No. Not so no. Much. <laughs> I, I push down, that means it's on, right? Push down is on. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's on. It's, it's on. Far from here. How's that? How's that? That's better. Better? And I'll speak up. I'll remember to speak up. So, we're looking at our own experience of compassion. Um, there are a couple of, for instance, Mayumi Oda, the artist I mentioned <coughs> this morning. Um, she has a definition, which is that compassion is really the understanding that the whole world is one, that there's no separation between me and you. So, one way of looking at it. Uh, Jogyam Trungpa, a Tibetan Buddhist teacher, said that compassion is doing what's appropriate in the moment. So it really simplifies things. (laughs) Of course, if you can figure out what's appropriate in the moment. If so, you just do that. (laughs) So... And then I want to read um, an example of, of the kind of compassion that Kuan Yin is capable of. It's, it's a prayer. It's called um, prayer, for the, prayer for the Abuser. This was sent to me by a, a man named Eddie Henderson in Oakland who works with abused children. And um, he found this prayer nobody quite knows who composed it, whether it's a traditional prayer, whether it's a contemporary one. But here it is. So this would be uh, probably another level of compassionate awareness and action. To those who withhold refuge, I cradle you in safety at the core of my being. To those who cause a child to cry out, I grant you the freedom to express your own choked agony. To those who inflict terror, 
I remind you that you shine with the purity of a thousand suns. To those who would confine or suppress or deny, I offer the limitless expanse of the sky. To those who need to cut, slash, or burn, I remind you of the invincibility of spring. To those who vent their rage on small children, I return you to your deepest innocence. To those who must frighten into submission, I hold you in the bosom of your original mother. For those who have forgotten the tender mercy of a mother's embrace, I send a gentle breeze to caress your brow. To those who still feel somehow incomplete, I offer the perfect sanctity of this very moment. It, it reminds me of that wonderful poem by Thich Nhat Hanh, one of the great living uh, Zen masters, called Call Me By My True Names. Some of you must know it. <clears throat> and it's about um, Vietnamese boat people escaping Vietnam, and they're chased by bandits <clears throat> who board the boat and are um, killing people, raping the women, throwing the children overboard, and so forth. But in the poem, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh is, he, he makes his identification not with the victims, but with the, with the pirates. And then he pursues an exploration of what it was in their lives as little children and, and, and on up that caused them to act in this way. So, again, a beautiful example of the, <clears throat> that kind of transcendent compassion that transcends this, this uh, perspective that I have here and goes over into the other one. <clears throat> so how do we experience compassion, either giving or receiving? Um, is it a challenge? Does it come naturally? Do we fail sometimes, and when we fail, do we judge ourselves? When someone is coming toward us with kindness, uh, with help, do we turn them away and later feel bad about that? Some people say to me, I, I can't really receive. I can't receive. Sometimes it's the people who are most giving. In this retreat I did last weekend, there was a woman who was a nurse and very passionately identified as a nurse, and she said, I just can't receive. <laughs> so what is that? Is that about being powerless? Is, it, is that about um, feeling humiliated that you, that you have needs that someone can help you with? What is that about, if that's your experience? Um, you know, there's, there are many kinds of compassion, and I would call one kind momentary compassion which is the very simple thing that Chong Yam Trung Pai was talking about. Uh, if, you're walking down the, if I'm walking down the street and Gail's walking in front of me and she trips, I don't, it doesn't take me any, any, any thinking. I just step forward and try to help her. You, you, we all do these things, uh, and they're very easy, and that's a, that's a, it is a very pure expression of compassion. And then there's, the, there's what I would call long-term compassion, where you're, you're signed on, whether you want it or not, to somebody's process. <laughs> the dying process, the illness process, the whatever it is. 
uh, you're there for that. And how do we um, how do we conduct ourselves in that? How do we experience that? How do we approach that? <clears throat> Some of us may be in the situation of having parents who are dying, and what does this ask of us? So all these compa- all these uh, questions, and and then fierce compassion. What about those moments when we acted? We understood that there was something needed that was very fierce. Saying no or telling someone a painful truth. Kuan Yin with the sword, cutting through. We're going to do a little writing uh, to explore this. And I would like uh, to lead you in a guided meditation to get... Get us there to the writing stage. Oh, did anybody not bring a notebook? One, two. Could uh, one of our volunteers get a sure. couple of notebooks and pens? That would be wonderful. So, so let's just settle in and close your eyes. <clears throat> And here we are, it's the afternoon now. We have listened, we have read aloud, we have chanted. Um, How do we find ourselves? How is this body, this body-mind process that is me, that is Sandy? How am I doing? Each of you, ask yourself that. And looking particularly at the body, this sitting body, Uh, whether we're sitting, standing, walking, or lying down, each of these is a posture for meditation, for exploration. We're sitting now. And let's make a little inventory of this sitting body. Is it comfortable? Are there little twinges or unpleasant sensations? Pain even, Uh, tension somewhere in the body. And how do we experience our bodies? Well, we experience them through sensation. So what are the sensations of this if you come across it? Heat and cold, uh, pressure, vibration. And if there's something going on in the body that's we would call unpleasant or unwanted, let's just allow it. Being with this body, just as it is, <clears throat> this is what we have here, each of us. Welcoming the sensations of this body. And then bringing the attention just for a few minutes to the breath, to the in-breath and the out-breath. Here again, how do we experience this? 
through sensation. So you might feel a touch of the breath passing over the upper lip. Maybe it's temperature with the outer air being slightly cooler than the air inside your nostrils. Maybe there's a slight flaring of the nostrils as you inhale, which is a sensation of pressure. So being with this breathing, not manipulating it, not making it deeper or shallower, just observing the in-breath and the out-breath. When you mind, find your mind calming and releasing, I invite you to let an incident from your past arise. Could be the distant past, could be last week, could be this morning. It's a scene in which Perhaps you are giving compassionately to another being, human being or other kind of being. Or you might find yourself receiving compassion from someone, care, <clears throat> help. Or in these situations, you may find yourself experiencing difficulty. I don't feel like giving in this moment. Forget it, I'm not going to do it. Or it scares me. <clears throat> or it makes me angry. Or maybe we're, receive, we're, we're experiencing difficulty in receiving. I don't want to be the, 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 the weak person who has to accept help doing things. I, want, I don't want to be the disempowered person who needs something. Take your time in allowing this scene to arise and if several come up, find the one that's most rich and alive to you now. 
And when you have found this incident, let yourself enter fully into the remembered environment. Everything takes place in an environment. Are you inside in a room? Are you outside in nature or on a city street? What is the light in the room or in the scene? Is it artificial light? Is it sunlight coming through a window? What are the colors that you see around you and the shapes? What are the sounds? Is there someone there with you? Do you hear a voice or other sounds? Smells, touch. Let yourself be aware of everything in this setting, all the sensations. And just rest, rest there. And just be with the actions and reactions that are taking place in you. As you experience the physical sensation. Let yourself feel the emotions generated by what you observe and what's going on. Immerse yourself in the scene. Truly surrender to it. Participate in it. Bring your whole self to it. And when we begin the writing, please remember we are not judging. We are not criticizing. We are being with ourselves gently, with understanding in Kuan Yin's compassion. So when you're ready, open your eyes and come back into this room, into this body, this sitting body here in this particular room. And take your writing materials and anywhere you want to go. We're going to take half an hour. And so you can... Take the time to do this. And we will ring the bell at the end. So if you want to go outside, that's fine. Or lie down on the floor or whatever. And and if anyone has drawn a blank and um, doesn't have a clue what to, how to begin, uh, tell me and we will go outside and I will help you. So we'll be coming back at um, 20 after 2. Yes, question. Um, I didn't bring a notebook. Oh, there's paper and pens on the back table. Thank you. You're welcome. So you're looking to describe a scene? You want us just to tell a story? Um, You? Something that happened in real life? Yes. Where we can paint clear visual images and. Yes, that's right. And evoke the thing.
So uh, it's it's helping us enter into the scene with you. That's what the, all this these, this detail is for. But it's also helping you then go deeply into it. Okay. You're suggesting that we might share. Oh, about sharing. If you write something that feels very, very personal and uh, too intimate, you, can, you do not have to share. Nobody will be forced to share this. We will be sharing in small groups. I'm going to make it as safe as possible. But if you, if you don't want to, that's fine. So please don't hold back because you think you're going to have to show it to somebody. This writing is for you, totally for you. The, the whole thing, yes. Yeah. Do you have something in, well, we shouldn't be there. Do you want me to help? No, I got tons of things. <laughs> All right, choose one.
<clears throat> so what we're going to do now is break into small groups and uh, do some sharing of this writing, if you feel comfortable doing it. Um, even if you don't feel comfortable doing it. <laughs> you might want to try it. <laughs> um, reading aloud is, it can be a, a very interesting experience. I mean, first of all, you, you experience what you wrote differently from you would looking at it on the page, which is uh, maybe we'd find out something. And then also, when you, um, when you read aloud, you sort of stand behind what you wrote and say, yes, this is, this is what I'm expressing. Here, here I am in the flesh expressing this. So um, see how you feel about it. And I would uh, suggest that you know, if, you, if you feel a reluctance, then just wait and hear what the other people do and see whether you change your mind at any point. And if you don't, just say that you don't want to read. So we're going to read in a particular way, which isn't at all like people do it in a writing class or a writing workshop. We are not critiquing each other's material. We don't want any judgments on them. Uh, this is not relevant in this setting. We're, what we want to hear is uh, how did this, this woman or this man, um, how did they express themselves? How did they experience their own selves? That's all we're listening for. And you know how, how we're always comparing. So, you know, if Gail is reading, I'm saying, oh, her stuff, oh, she's so much better than I am, and I am so inarticulate, I shouldn't have come today, and so on. Right? So this is wasting, a waste of precious energy, actually, because it doesn't, it doesn't benefit Gail, it doesn't benefit you, it, it doesn't benefit anyone. And there is something else to do, and you just have to uh, uh, create an intention. You know, intention is very important. Create an intention to, instead of comparing oneself to that person who's reading, to just bring yourself fully present, to listen, to receive. I'm just going to receive what Gail has written. And when she finishes, and I'm not in my mind... Uh, developing a critique to show everybody how clever I am or how literary I am or how spiritual I am. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to listen to what Gail has to say about her own experience. And then there's silence and you take a breath and then whoever wants to begin begins and reads and once again it's just listening. No commenting um, until the until you finish, and then you can just sit quietly um, until the final bell. Any questions about that? We could say thank you, couldn't we? You could say thank you. In fact, you might you might even want to have that be uh, something that's said after everybody's sharing. How many people would you like in a group? Uh, let's do five. And just, I would say, just arrange yourself. Just find five people here. Let's not do it any more formally than that, unless we have to. Counting off or something. And you can go, uh, for instance, you could go over in the corner and get farther away so you're not, so you have some space around you.
that's good. That's five right there. Oh, and I'm going to eavesdrop.
Michigan State. It's just weird. It wasn't California. <laughs> Are there, are there groups where people are still reading? Or has everyone finished? You're, you're reading over there? Okay. So I think all the groups have finished now. I, I hate to interrupt. I know you're uh, communicating. You're bonding. <laughs> um, so let's take just a moment, just sitting where you are, if you're comfortable, to come back, close our eyes, and come back in, just into ourselves, and to just to be still for a few minutes, and then we're going to go walk outside. So um, just to return from this sharing that we've been engaged in and coming back looking inward <clears throat> checking in with the body are we comfortable with the mind are we present here
But let's go outside now. It's a beautiful afternoon for walking meditation. And um, in the spirit of Kuan Yin, a hearing meditation. So be particularly aware of the sounds around you, the sounds of nature, Kuan Yin's voice. So many birds out there for one thing. And also many other sounds, just being with those vibrations. And we'll ring the bell to bring you back in. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.